It's called tuning up. Yeah, getting ready. <laughs> okay. So, welcome back to Mostly Ghostly with Ray Boone and myself for another episode. Today's episode, we will be talking about what happens when you die. Know what I mean, Ray? Oh, yeah. So, I guess the, uh, you know, we can first start off with the, the actual moment of death, you know, when people actually pass on. Uh, we can start with that and maybe our beliefs on that. You know, like, I think it's. I think it's just like a consciousness, you slip out of consciousness type deal, I think, you know, I don't, what do you think, you think that's a painful thing, or, you know, it's a smooth thing, you think people are just scared by the fact that they don't know what's happening to them, or do you think it's like a... a I think it's more a case of they're, they're afraid because they don't know. Yeah. Uh, also, because they're very anchored in the physical world in a body, mm-hmm. so much so that they don't want to let it go. Myself, personally, when I was 17, I was not aware uh, of a severe allergy I had. Yeah. I actually was in Canada uh, for the World's Fair. That was in the late 60s. And I ended up staying in a place that was made out of the stuff I was allergic to. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I went in. I had trouble breathing. Um, I didn't even make it out of the building. I went in the shock. Uh, my Jeez. lungs started filling up. Because of the World's Fair, at that night, they didn't even have an ambulance. Hmm. So they sent the police to transport me in the back of a canine station wagon back then. Now, I remember several things very distinctly. I will never forget. One is that I can remember my body getting cold. Mm. Then I remember something very weird. I remember not being able to sense my body. Hmm. Even, when, even when we're not thinking about it, some part of our mind knows, because blood is flowing through it and everything, that we have a little toe, for instance. Hmm. I couldn't tell whether I did or didn't. Hmm. Like a numbing feeling? or No, beyond the numbing, it was kind of like I could not identify whether I had a I was starting to lose the sense of a body, the the sense of legs, the sense of an arm. Um, I started to lose vision. That got blurry and started to disappear. Sounds became muffled and started to disappear. Hmm. Um, All of this came together where it stopped. Uh, What I found out afterwards was that temporarily they were able to revive me, obviously, but I did die. They pumped me full of stuff and were able to get my heart and everything going again. But during that time, I did not see uh, what people say, the tunnel. I didn't see, I didn't float over the room they were working. Mm -hmm. I went to a place where there was no body. It was bright, but comforting. Um, There was a sense of self but there was a freedom to that self and an overwhelming sense of love and peace. Incredible. So much, so incredible that when they woke me up, I was mad. That place was 
the greatest sensation, mm -hmm. greatest feeling, greatest anything you could ever experience, that I was mad when they woke me back up in my body. I wanted to go back there. Yeah. That's where I wanted to be. Formless, senseless, just one with, I don't know what it was, but it was glorious. And one way to describe it is loving. Hmm. And that was my experience with death. For me, it was not painful. Um, I imagine, yes, there is, depending upon if you're looking at people, accidents and war, whatever, there, there's painful death, there's fear of it. I did not fear at that time. I just, I was about 17 years old. I just went through it. And I think that kind of shaped a lot of views in my life afterwards yeah. as to how I viewed it, um, what I thought about it. Made me question and do a lot of research. But for me, the death was not frightening. Um, I do not want to die. I have a loving family, things I'm doing, I'm enjoying in this world, but I'm not afraid of it either. Yeah. The fear factor has gone. It's kind of like, okay, there is something beyond the body and it's glorious. When my time comes, I'll just step across. Yeah. Whether you want to call it spirit world or not. I know that recent research in science, if you go to the concept that Einstein had and scientists still believe in that energy cannot die, energy just transforms or goes into another form, it continues on, um, that would say that since we as human beings are little energy centers, we process food, we create energy, we have an electrical system in us, etc., our energy has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Recent research, medical research, after a person dies, and this includes a day or two afterwards, on a cellular level, there is, long after the brain and the heart has stopped, there is activity, including activity which uh, very much mimics what you see in a womb, mm -hmm. almost on a DNA level. Are we transforming at that point? Hmm. Are we releasing that energy into a new form on the other side, whether you call it spirit world, quantum world, depending upon your perspective? Um, they're now starting to say, oh, something goes on. Yes, we continue on. Our, our consciousness, our energy keeps going. Yeah. Uh, there's that. Um, and if you, if you look at a lot of, around the world, a lot of different cultures a lot of different belief systems have variations on that. Yeah. Not seeing that uh, death is not immediate, that the spirit or the energy still stays behind. My curious question is, with the way we are today, where we uh, someone dies, they rush them off to a mortician, and they start taking the body apart and pumping fluids in, etc. Are we disrupting process the natural process for a peaceful transition or any options mm -hmm. that we don't know about that come up and when I say options you you got to look at some uh, many cultures um, it seems to be except for Tibet and certain Buddhists a lot of cultures talk about a three-day period mm-hmm even if, if, if you look at it for three days, particularly out of the Middle East, 
um, the spirit decides whether it's going to stay or leave. Yeah. It goes into kind of a contemplative sleep, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And are we disrupting that? Are we changing that, making it impossible? What the effect? I don't know, but I think that science is going in the right direction in, fi- in examining what is going on af- actually after, not the moment of, but immediately after in those days, and finding some very interesting things. Yeah, it is very interesting stuff. You know, they, certain people say when they that those people when you when you when you're dying and you see your family and stuff that it's supposed to be like brain cells because your brain cells are like popping. You ever heard that? I, That's where you're getting the flashes of these people and the flashes of light that people talk about. I've heard about that. Um, the death of the brain produces mm-hmm. the tunnel, the light, the memories releasing. My question would be if you go over to the people that don't actually, those people that see it mm-hmm. and then survive the near-death experiences, or they did die or brought back, which we call yeah. near-death, um, and they come back with the visions, and the brain is intact and working, Yeah. then how can it be the cells dying if the people retain the experience, examine the brain, scan it, do whatever you want, mm. everything is intact. That kind of negates the, uh, oh, it's just a hallucination as the brain dies. Right. No. And the, <laughs> the funny part is, all of that they say, that they're trying to say is a hallucination of the brain dying, are all images that obviously the people had that came back, because otherwise they wouldn't have them if the person never made it back. Right. So if the person does make it back with that, and the brain is intact, that kind of says, no, it's not brain dying because they're back and they're okay. What is it, doctor? Mm, right. <laughs> Something beyond. Um, I come from a family uh, heavy on doctors. Mm-hmm. Uncles and when very young, family with a lot of friends. And I have a, res- a respect for them. But I also know that many of them are just taught a certain doctrine, a certain way of looking at things, and when they're confronted with something like that, those visions, they just go, oh no, can't be. It's kind of like archaeology. They won't accept anything, a change in a timeline or new evidence. The doctors know it takes a long while before they'll turn around and say, okay, there's something we don't know. Okay, it could be. Mm. Science demands that on the one hand, but keeping your eyes a little bit more open might be helpful and fortunately that's what they're trying to do with some of the new research. Yeah. But how can you say it's a brain dead when the person comes back and the brain isn't dead? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. I never thought of it like that. The, um... So you think the the, the, spir- the, the spiritual element of, um... You know, what do you, how do you feel, so with the science part of it, you think it's a good, an equal mashup of science and spiritual, or do you think it's leaning more towards just spiritual? I know you said you have a little bit of the science, you know, science works. Um, yeah, I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. I was a science geek in high school. I yeah. belonged to a science club even outside of, never mind, they'd send a project each month. And I've always had that interest. Mm-hmm. I think that science is catching up. Um, 
I really think that the spiritual aspect is very, very strong. Uh, it's strong within me and embracing it. And even if you take a look at situations where, um, let's say someone does mediumship, mm -hmm. and they're there when someone is passing. Um, I did that. I was there uh, with some friends when they passed. One was passing. And I saw some people. Now, I didn't know the background of the family, but I could see people. Yeah. And then afterwards, I described it to the survivor. And the survivor said that was like the, I forgot exactly, what, oh, like that was the grandmother that took care of them when the mother died. That was the son. And name the people that I said were there in every single one. So to welcome him, the one who died, into the spirit world. So they appeared. They were there to welcome them. So there is more than what just science says. We should, I don't know how you would look into it, but yeah, I believe that uh, we do continue on. Mm -hmm. And whether it was just a manifestation of who, who they were or they were actually there to help this person cross over. Yeah. So the spirit part is very strong. Yeah, it's home for both. You know, they both science and spirituality both have you know stake in death. I'm sure you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Um, there's a little science to everything. You know, uh, I think the science the scientists are even more opening up to like the possibilities of you know the spiritual element being a lot stronger. And I know that even they're like even some religious things. They're kind of even saying. Uh, you know, like are possible and stuff. Where back in the day, it was more of a versus situation. You yeah. know what I mean? Now it's more of a collaborative effort. It seems it's it's starting to get a little better. Um, sometimes it's words. Um, you may have some people talk about a spiritualist talk about oh the spirit world. Mm -hmm. Scientists might say the quantum world. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it may it may end up with further research being the same thing. Yeah. We don't, we don't know yet, but there is something there that the scientists are looking at. There's something there that the um, people very much, uh, the believers and the spirit, uh, already knows that it's there. Yeah. We've got the spiritual side, your soul, and the science side is more your body. Mm -hmm. So when your body starts to, you know shut down on you and stuff and they can link that link the reasoning for that back and stuff you know what I mean well they uh, the other thing is that what science is starting to recognize is the impact of emotions in the mind on the body mm -hmm. and how that helps healing so there is a force where they want to call it consciousness energy spirit within the body mm -hmm. that when you can get some control over that and you can um harness some of that energy it helps your body heal yeah so it's actually controlling some of the physical or contributing to the healing yeah and controlling some of the physical there's enough situations uh whether it is prayer uh change in a person's way of thinking that um different healings have happened with people mm -hmm. uh the stories that you uh, hear about people where cancer suddenly disappears or something else happens and science doesn't know why, the person says, 
they prayed or they meditated. There's a connection there between the, between the two. I think we've spent too much time saying, okay, here's the body, and that's the imaginary world of spirit mm-hmm. from the scientist's point of view. Yeah. Or anybody just separating the two. They're linked. If we continue on, that means that what continues on is inside us now. Mm. It, it is what we are. And being what we are, it influences our body as well. And that influences our health. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. But uh, death, transition, we're afraid because we're just rooted in the physical. That's all we see and we don't look beyond it now. So it's kind of like, what happens when this goes? Take a look and see what you really are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think the whole the, the the breakdown of the body. I mean, when you die either through a, a you know violent act or a health situation, you know, freak accident or whatever. You're. I think what happens is your when your blood will just stop flowing because your heart's not pumping. And then you get into all that good stuff about you know the bloating and all your blood coming to the surface, and then you go to you know uh, the morgue. Your current day morgue, and they, you know, they, 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 they puncture you and pull, you take the blood out of you, so you don't, you know, see, so you're not all, you know, bloaty and like horrifying looking. Oh, and don't, don't hold back. They take your guts out, put them in a the bag at the out. bottom of the. the no, what happened? They burn all that. Oh, the casket. It yeah. goes in the casket with you. Yeah, in a really, bag, in the bag at the bottom. They your organs do. Yeah, really. Interesting. Because they, they can't do much to stop that from rotting, so they, they kind of just take that out and stuff you. Yikes. Well, I knew the stuffing. Yeah, like I knew the stuffing. I didn't know the organs went with you. I thought they got incinerated or something, you know what I mean? Well, they used to go or with donated. You. I, don't, I don't know what they do now. Uh, but one time, they used to put it in a bag, so it went with you. I have a whole new, you know... Standing next to a coffin now has a whole new meaning to it, knowing that their guts are in a bag by their feet. Like I said, I don't know if they still do that, but at one time they did it because it was the easiest way to stop the rot. I mean, it may sound crude to stop the rot, but... With the bag it up? But we're talking about an empty body, an empty shell. The spirit's gone. Right. So what difference does it... You have many, many cultures, particularly... Okay, you go over to India. Yeah. And cremation... Mm Mm-hmm. They cremate the body. Yeah. Now, not everybody can touch the body once it is dead, because you don't want to interfere with its passage. Mm-hmm. They have special people who are the ones that handle the cremation, yeah. transport the body, and actually do the do it. It is their, their it is their full time job. Mm-hmm. They're specialists in this, so that not everybody handles it. You go over to certain areas of uh, Asia, and I think more like in Indonesia, they will keep the body in the home for up to a year. Without, without like, um, what do you call it, embalming it and stuff? They care for it. Well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bring symbolic meals. Without embalming, like, yeah, oh basically God. without that, and yeah, that's they, horrifying. They, they do that there. Yeah, another part of the world they cremate. There are certain in certain parts of um, Tibet there is cremation. Mm-hmm. 
there are certain, and I think it is, I think it is among a certain group of monks where they actually dismember and put the food out for the different birds and scavengers to come. So you return to, yeah, you're returning the body back, back to nature. Right. So there's all different, many, many different ways of doing it in different parts of the world, not just um, like we do around here. Mm. What I think is a pretty healthy, particularly if, if you're talking about if you're talking about cremation, then you're talking about releasing the idea of the body because you're incinerating it. Right. If you're talking about uh, dismembering and putting it out for animals to feed, then you've obviously admitted that it's just the body, the spirit's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to, at least here in the U.S., go very heavy on going there and we pay our tribute to a made-up empty shell for a couple of days in a coffin. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, really know which is healthier. Well, it's more it, for the family and friends. It is. It's for peace it, of mind, you know. They're also not letting it go either. That yeah. The whole idea of not letting go. Yeah. I mean, if you take the cremation, particularly in India, all the bodies are brought down and, and they are, all of the ashes are dumped into the Ganji, mm-hmm. the river. You want to talk about the ultimate letting go is that you've cremated them and then they're washed away, away in a sacred river. Right. They're gone. Freeing them, yeah. That's just the body. Yeah. But also, they also believe in reincarnation. So that depending upon the life you've lived and what you've held on to, you may come back and depending upon how that life was lived, it may be as an animal, it may be as a human, there's still lessons to learn before you can achieve a state where you can pass on to something more than just another life in this physical world. Mm -hmm. I know that um, the Toto... I think it's called Bartok Toto, I think, uh, Tibetan Book of the Dead. Yeah. In that part, they have a ritual where the body is kept for 49 days. A monk with special training will go every day and pray. And there's a series of things that um, is based on the dead person's spirit seeing a series of things. Mm-hmm. The first thing they see is the true self which is bright and luminous, not as as an image, but just like light and beautiful. And then there are different steps, different prayers for each day. But at a certain point, they'll see the good they did. They'll see um, the bad Hmm. or the failures. Now, it's interesting that the bad or the failures can present themselves depending upon how the person is is in spirit and what their orientation is, they start to present themselves as demons or devils. Hmm. Also, if the person focuses totally on the physical, looking back on their physical life and holds on to it, and not releasing them, letting go, and embracing uh, the light or the higher form, what happens is they reincarnate. (laughs) So it's where your focus is. Yeah. And the prayers are to help the person see, release, 
and hopefully move to a higher form, whether a higher form in reincarnation or merge with the universe and merge with the source yeah. of the universe. Yeah, like I think it's all a conscience, like heaven and such is all a conscious thing. You know what I mean? And that goes with it where like when you say people's failures and stuff, somebody might look at a failure very differently than somebody else, you know. It's not a failure, it's a learning process, you know what I mean? So they don't quite, yeah, it didn't quite work, but I'm not going to let it weigh me down, you know what I mean, type deal. Well, yeah, it, it's it's looking back and then releasing it. Right. And in theory, what you should be doing, and again, if you're going from that part of the world, is you should be doing that on a daily basis. Right. When something confronts you, you look at it, you see, let's say, why an emotion's coming up, or mm-hmm. why you're reacting to a situation. Maybe something in the past bothered you. Recognizing that, and then letting it go, not letting it govern your life here. Mm-hmm. If you do that effectively here, you live in peace. When it comes, when it, when you die, and you go into the next world, all of those things that might hold someone back, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be the guilt or the mistakes or this or that, those are not there for you. Right. You can let go of the earthly body. You can let go of the earthly realm. And can continue on, and that would be enlightenment. Hmm. It's truth. Yeah. You know, certain people don't believe in the cremation, right? And there's certain religions that believe the body is the temple, and you shouldn't burn it. There are those that believe that. It's it's interesting that you look at the whole concept of, let's say, the resurrection of the body, uh, which comes a lot from. Uh, New Testament, particularly Revelations, the concept at that time in the culture was that you, when you died, the concept then is very different than now, was that you went into a sleep. Your spirit or your soul slept. Mm. And when the second coming is, that spirit or soul will rise up and awaken. What has happened over a lot of years is that people live in a physical world. They say, oh, the physical body will rise. The original wording and the original writings were more in line with what was in a culture at the time of the, will go into the sleep. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the spirit or the soul arises. Uh, it's... Right now, you talk about a lot of people, um, and it's almost a contradiction because if you die and you go to heaven or hell, then when you have a final judgment and you're resurrected, if you're already in one of the two, why would you physically be resurrected? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of things that over the centuries, and it's just human nature. People have interpreted. People have changed, unfortunately, at times for political reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had uh, first, you go to the Nicene Council, which was 300 and something uh, AD, um, kind of took multiple books and brought it down to four Gospels to kind of make this a cohesive thing. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of things. But without that Catholic Church, you wouldn't have Christianity today. Mm-hmm. In the interim, well, if you take the Inquisition, that was not a very good thing to do. 
Right. Popes used to be warrior popes. Everybody, and I don't care who it is, individual or group of people, when you're rooted in the world, you will do physical things for physical gain. Mm -hmm. And the church did it. Yeah. Because it was human beings running it, and humans are flawed. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of concepts and a lot of things have changed. The basic underlying truths behind them as far as you talk about... um, Spirit being graded in body, love, compassion, all of that stands. It's just how we twisted it around because as soon as you make something an institution, Mm -hmm. then it becomes self-perpetuating. And that's where the changes and the modifications come in because it has to survive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure. Corruption. Well, it's it. Money. Corruption, money, different different things happen there. I know that at one time, uh, marriage was not, for instance, in the church, was not a sacrament. Um, there was a point where um, the church was having some difficulty and not very popular. They made it a sacrament. The same thing goes for um, taking the host. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always in the, in the context of a sacrament or a holy. It was a sharing at a meal, like the original Last Supper. Mm-hmm and done with reverence and prayer, but it wasn't a sacrament originally in the old church, or if you go back uh, enough years. And there's a lot of things that were changed along the way, if it was politically expedient, Mm. to try and keep the institution going. But the the flip side of that is, without the institution, the core teachings would not have been preserved also. So we can't just look down. Yeah, You have to say, thank you for the core teachings, but I'm not getting involved with the rest of it. Right, right. <laughs> Do you know about any other rituals for of different um, beliefs when people pass? I know you, the Tibetan dead had like the 49 days of uh, the... M- Middle East, yeah. usually they, and I think that's where we got our three days from. Okay. That, that was an old uh, thing that was done there where the people pray for pray for a period of time. Um, they're all pretty much a variation. I mean, the, the idea of leaving someone, uh, let's say, even without the dismemberment, leaving a body where uh, nature could take it back, there was an old thing among certain tribes, Native American tribes, it was called dropping your robes. Mm, I remember, yeah, we talked about that. Where, where you were no longer useful in a burden on the tribe, you took a few supplies and a blanket, you said your goodbyes, and you left and went back into nature to die. And when you did, then you went back to nature, and the animals had food, and that variation uh, is fairly common. Um, trying to think of, uh, what was it? Oh, I can't think of the one that's common in Africa right now. It just slipped my head. It slipped out of my mind. Hmm. Yeah, I forgot that one. I was thinking about it the other day. What their, cult- what their culture does? What their culture does. I know that the, the uh, half-joking mm-hmm. 
I say half joking, the, the second half is, is, is the joke part. But I like the concept now that they have um, where you have a pot with fertilizer and yeah. seeds and they mix your ashes in. Yeah, that's a good touch. Well, you get a tree, mm-hmm. beautiful green, oxygen, and granted the tree won't last forever, but never the body doesn't last forever, neither do cemeteries. We plow them over and build stuff anyways. Um, but it is a very nice touch. The joke part is that's how you get a haunted forest. Yeah, <laughs> true. But if you think about it, it's a beautiful way to recycle. It is, It's a yeah. beautiful way to give turn back. yourself back into mm-hmm. nature and give back. Yeah. Don't know if it's caught on or not, but, uh, you know, it'd be kind of, you know, and there's grandpa's planted out back. You sell the house, someone come, comes by and cuts the tree down. Yeah. Takes the stump out and it's like, ah! Grips <laughs> starts bleeding again. <coughs> All part of the cycle. It becomes uh, firewood. They heat their air. They they use it in the fireplace. They heat the house. It takes care of another family. The smoke goes out. It returns back into the into the world. Yeah, keep the cycle going. But the, we've got to release the idea of being t- attached so much to the physical that the spirit world quantum world, whatever you want to call it, does exist. And it's everywhere. All around us, all the time. Dying is a simple transition. Science is starting to look into it and see that, calling it energy. Um, Religion has known it for a long while. Mm -hmm. And if we can separate the humanity and the politics from religion and take a look at the truth behind it, we continue on. This is a yeah, it's, it's a pit stop. It's a temporary place we go to learn. Mm-hmm. One of those lessons should be, we are not our bodies. We are much more than our bodies. We are our soul. We are spirit. We are mm-hmm. part of a greater universe. Yeah. Do you think funeral homes were created so people didn't have to have their families in their living room and take care of them? <laughs> so they said, well, I know we're supposed to do this, but let's bring it over to this building instead. Well, if you notice, and you use the word living room, yeah, it used to be called parlor. Okay, true. Now, the parlor was the place when you had the wake in your home. Yeah. And the person, and they would come in the parlor to visit the dead body. That was your front room was the parlor. Yeah. And that's where they would go. Interesting. And that was kind of removed. The interesting thing is that when it was in the home, and I'm not sure if they still do this or pay attention at a funeral home, but I know that when it was in the home, when they were removing the body, they always brought it out feet first. Hmm. As if it almost in a way that it's walking and leaving so it won't look back. Interesting. Because huh. if you're facing it the other way, yeah, it's almost like looking, looking back. And this, they wanted it to mimic almost. The idea was that the body is now leaving its back yeah is towards the inside so you you bring it out feet first mm-hmm. preferably with a slight tilt but feet first <laughs> yeah. out of the parlor yeah to the church and the burial I heard Michael Jackson's moonwalked backwards <laughs> right out of the funeral home okay okay <laughs> Well, if he did that, then he's coming back to haunt because he was facing the wrong way. He's He's haunted anyways, Looking looking back at the wrong stuff. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah, parlor, living room. 
a chain. Funeral parlor. Yeah. yeah. Funeral parlor. It'd be interesting to get a mortician on here one of these days to talk about the whole uh, breakdown of the system that they that they do from beginning to end. Yeah, not sure what it is now, but I know at one time, I'm not sure I really cared to know that much. Yeah, it's, it's a little gruesome, but... What better show than mostly ghostly for some gruesome oh, talk? It it we would be great over here. I mean, yeah. you do have certain cultures. If you talk about a gruesome, um, there are certain cultures. Again, if you go into different parts of Indonesia and Southeast mm-hmm. Asia, um, where if the body is not buried intact, yeah, the soul does not move on. Okay. Hmm. So the body must be buried intact. Now, the problem is, let's say you go somewhere where a punishment is beheading. If the head is not buried with the body, then that person stays around to haunt. Hmm. It could be disconnected, though. That's fine. Uh, yeah. As long as it's in the same bag, everything has, <laughs> so to speak. Is every, everything is, is together. But the way, if you want to turn someone into a ghost, steal a body part in that part of the world. Or if, you, want sense, to, yeah. if you wanted to curse... You know, not turn them into a... Let's say you wanted to curse a family or curse a person. Yeah. That was, like, executed. Remove, the bo- remove a body part. Huh. And they would be cursed to roam the earth. Interesting. So in, in certain cultures, it's kind of like, no, no, no. Make sure they got all their parts when they go into the ground. Yeah. Or the spirit doesn't move on. Now, that is rather interesting, is if you get to now, you get into organ donation. Yeah, or even like war. War? Like that, because, you know, you know, people lose limbs and all types of stuff, you know, in the war, and then you come back. I mean, that must have cre- that created a whole new element of anger behind it, just to know that not only you're losing a loved one, but now there's like a curse, or it can't pass on because of it's missing a foot, or, you know, a hand, or whatever, finger even. I wonder what they, how they feel about blood. You know, because you're going to lose your blood. You're going to spill it all over the soil, you know what I mean? Depending upon certain tribes, um, it was not that uncommon to either drink the blood or eat the heart to gain the strength of your enemy. Oh, the enemy, okay. You you, you gain some of their (laughs) spirit and strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The enemy, but that was, those were warriors that did that. yeah. I'm not so sure a family member of you no, that's a little pass too around much. a goblet of, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too much, I think. You know, pass some of that dad over here. I want to sip. That does not work. Nope. Nope, nope. nope. Ugh, the interesting, that's horrible. Yeah. The interesting thing, tying back to when you talk about death and mm-hmm. how we die, people hear stories about someone gets a heart. And yeah. then later on that person has a habit or a liking for something, and they find out it was the same thing as the person they got the heart from, let's mm-hmm. say. Now, if you take what science looks at, that for several days there is cellular activity still going on. So now you transfer this heart. Is some part or memory of that person on a cellular level still in the heart and it influences the person? Mm Because now science is saying, well, uh, we've got this activity going on for a day or for two days. The heart goes into somebody before that. Yeah. The one that passed on that are there cells and a cellular memory contributing to the new person, whether it be likes, dislikes, etc. Yeah. So the spirit could move on, but part of the physical 
energy, like we've talked in the past, you have residual energy. Mm -hmm. We know cells have memories. That's how we learn to do things, by repeating over and over again. Some of those memories in the cells are passed on to the next person. We've seen the science is almost starting to say, uh, yeah, could be. Could be, because there is activity for a while. So if you suddenly, if you've been a vegetarian your whole life and suddenly you want steak after that heart transplant, you find out the other person loves steak, you, you can either hate them or love them for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But you, you're inheriting some of their memories and some of their life. While the essence of them, the soul again, has moved on somewhere else. You think a piece of the soul stays with the, like that energy with, with the body or you think it all... I think it all releases. I think it's more mm -hmm. like if you're talking a haunting, you have a residual energy. Right. Um, like we said, we if you take any sort of athlete, um, their skill level goes up with practice, thousands right. and thousands of repetitions. But part of that memory is built into the cells too and getting that movement down. I think it is more of a, let's mm -hmm. say, a cellular memory yeah. or something that's stored in the cells that's passed on. Not, uh, not necessarily the soul. Yeah, makes sense. Do pets have souls, right? Does Leo, Leo the cat have a soul? I believe so. All living things have Every, something should, that, yeah. that goes beyond the physical, and I believe they do. Anything that creates the magic of life, yep, should have a soul. Even Leo cat. Do you, to go back to the preparation thing, I know the Muslim believes when you die, you need to be taken care of by loved ones, I think. They have to wash your body or something like that, prepare you. I think so. I'm not sure about that. I know that um, that, that uh, they is, it is very, what I would probably call uh, patriarchal. Society with the way women are treated and stuff, and it's reflected mm -hmm. basically that when you go into heaven, uh, there's gardens and there's food and there's uh, a certain number of uh, virgins for the men, etc. What about for the women? What do the women I've, get? I don't vacuum know. Vacuum cleaners? I have a bunch no, of vacuum cleaners or something? Oh, no idea, but it's kind of like. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's got like a man wrote that book. That does, yeah. That's but definitely it, it's also it is very physically orientated, and I find yeah. that surprising that your rewards in heaven are physical. Yeah, rewards, even though you're spiritual. Even yeah. that's weird. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind, ego. It's rather interesting yeah. to see that. I mean, if if you go again, if you go to India and you go, or you go to Nepal or Tibet, mm -hmm. then it's a very outside of us universal um, type of energy or type of life that we all connect to even if you go into uh, Christianity mm -hmm. going to heaven but heaven isn't physical rewards right it's not like the place they have the best wine or mm -hmm. the best beef or the best you know, it's not and it's it's one of the few that uh, that Islam is one of the few that has a very very strong physical reward in heaven mm -hmm. and very heavily favored <coughs> towards, towards the men yeah so it's it's very difficult to wrap my head around that one 
even with the spiritual thing, like with, with, I grew up Christian, you know, and the marriage is such a big thing. But then the, when you die, there is no marriage. Like, your husband and wife is it your husband or wife in heaven. I always thought that was interesting. At least that's what I was told. You know what I mean? Uh, but you also have the concept that um, sometimes souls are split. Mm-hmm. In that, uh, whether you want to call it, I don't know, your soulmate. Yeah. Now, if, if you go all the way back to Eden, and it, it's a translation thing, mm-hmm. uh, many Christians say rib. The original, older Hebrew says from the side. So you've got male and female, originally were one. And in Eden, they were partners. If we find our other half in this world, do when we die join together again and become one. Hmm. What would disturb a lot of people is it means the death of the ego. Because like there wouldn't be me and my wife be one. anymore. Yeah. There'd be something else. Be Interesting. One. And I'd have to give up my personality. Right. And that is like, oh no, it's got to be me. Right, right, right. Oh, when I, it's it's very much, and that is very different again. If you if you go into parts of the Far East, is that you give all that up when you you achieve enlightenment. You become mm-hmm. one with the universe. Right. Um, personally, I think yeah, you lose your identity if your source is originally a divinity or a force that created. The entire universe, billions upon billions of galaxies, never mind planets, and all life and everything comes from it. If you're going to return to it, um, I don't mind giving up Ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to be Ray. Right. I'll just go back. I would be more than happy to just go back to the source or, yeah. to put it another way, return to that place in the time I die. Mm-hmm. Return to that place of bliss. Yeah. And bliss is the word. It was just total bliss. I wasn't me. I was bliss. Hmm. I didn't think of my name, my person, my body, anything. It was just total bli- bliss. I was the bliss. And you that's why I got mad when they woke me up. Do you think that was like a heaven? Like that was a heaven situation? Or that was just a... Uh you felt free because all your, you know, you, you know, human ties or what you will being I alive. Really, I really think that I got a taste of yeah. what it was like on the other side, what we truly are, can truly be one with. Mm-hmm. And that's why death doesn't scare me. I know I'm going to die. And it's yeah. like, okay. Hopefully not today. I got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this I'm enjoying. This I got other things that I'm going to do. Okay, but when <laughs> yeah. it happens, it's like okay, it's going to happen. Hopefully, uh, that's where I go back to. Yeah, I'll be join that bliss. <coughs> mm-hmm. That would be enough for me. Right. Yeah, that's my only hope is that it's like <clears throat> not just darkness. You know. Well, if if we live only and we're only aware of a single moment in time. Um, the right now, if heaven were to be in that bliss, one with the force that created everything, in that bliss, 
and that were to be eternal bliss, why wouldn't you want to be there? If, so you have to give up your ego. Right. Who cares? No, I hear you. Well, he goes big. He goes huge. <clears throat> Who cares? Just give it up and you know rejoin the source, and that source for many people has the name God. You see, I think that's why when people come back, or you'll see somebody and they're happy, I think it's because of that, because they're now in a better like that whole oh, they're in a better place type thing mm-hmm. is real. You know what I mean? It's a nice saying and all, but it's real, and uh, you know you're in the light. You're in the light at that point, which is nice. Yeah. I really think that uh, death is, we have made it into, well, number one, a business. We talked about the funeral homes. Um, More than it had to be, the death of the physical Mm -hmm. is really more than it has to be in We've made it into such a big deal that we've forgotten what we, again, what we truly are, that we do transition on. And we do continue. Sci- like I said before, science is beginning to see that, beginning to look at that. Yeah. And it's what uh, many scholars and religious people have known for a long while. We are not just our bodies. This is like a pit stop, a lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, here. Go down here, learn. I mean, if, if you take a look at some of the old, uh, I think it's called a guff, where our souls are in heaven, and then they're brought down to, to earth to live. What's it called, a guff? I think so. It's uh, a hall of souls. Hmm. So, if you go with that, then we, have, we were already eternal in the guff, in heaven. And this is just a stop. There's lots of variations mm-hmm. on that. And that we are here, temp- if you're, uh, there is the belief among some that what happens is you can choose to come back. Uh, whether it is, whether you don't choose, I'll go with that first, in the reincarnation you come back for a lesson. Or you can stay, or you choose to come back to help others. To take your awareness or enlightenment back to the planet. Hmm. To be able to help others in that state. Yeah. Yeah. So you're purposely coming into this life knowing you're going to die again, but since you, your soul already knows what's there, yeah. you've chosen to come back to do your good works and then go back again to the other side. And then just switch it up and... If you choose to go out, go out on another tour of life, you go out on another tour of life. It's an interesting thing, you know. But with it being so beautiful, you know, that that's why people don't want to... You know, there's a lot of peace. Because when we talk about ghosts and stuff and how certain ones will are happy or find to pass on into the next place and then some stay behind... But there's not so many stay behind as, you know, in, in a grand scheme of things, you know what I mean? If you take the billions of the billions of people living, and even more that have already passed, yeah, uh, the number of haunt, hauntings is actually minuscule. Yeah, it's a very very small amount compared to the number of people that have uh, lived over the thousands of years, hundreds of thousands, however many it is that they've been on this planet. Right. So hauntings, um, yeah, they're very small in comparison. 
What would you say is the most strangest after death technique that that somebody would follow that you've heard of in all your progress, all your travels? I would probably say. Well, I've got two favorites. Mm -hmm. One I like because I think it is the ultimate challenge to the physical, our identity as a physical body. Yeah. And that is dismembering and leaving it out mm -hmm. for feed. Yeah. Now, that is a challenge. Yeah. That is a big, <laughs> that, that to me is even bigger than cremation because cremation they cremate, they put it in an urn, you can bury it, or you can have it in your home, mm -hmm. whatever it may happen to be. But if you're going to chop someone up and put them out to, to feed the world, that you're going to say, or if you put that in your world, I am not my body. Yeah. That is really a big statement. Mm -hmm. I am not my body. That is a challenge. Yeah. The weirdest one... I don't know, having a room all made up and having a family member in it for a year? Uh, no. I agree. And they nope, feed nope, them, nope, too? Nope, nope. They, they bring them food? Yeah. Yeah. They do. And it's kind of like, nope, um, sorry, I really, I don't know, I respect their, their belief. Right. But that's not for me. Oh, yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> that is not for me. I mean, there is, and I'm not going to mention the name, but there's a, uh, <laughs> there is a, uh, a deodorizer out there that yeah. they sometimes put people in rooms with blindfolds and stuff. There's this commercial on TV. <laughs> yeah, and, I know what you're talking about. And then the people take it off and they don't realize that there's all this stuff. Yeah, no, that would be the ultimate That test. would be a good test. 11 yeah. months out, put somebody in that room with a blindfold on Jeez. and see if that deodorizer works or not. It's kind of like, oh. I don't know, and I, I know I shouldn't be making fun of the, the a death ritual. But I bet it go. I bet the smell only lingers is, uh, for a little bit. Yeah, it, it would be. I mean, it's uh, really that's just too much. Like, well, especially if they don't embalm it and stuff. From our perspective, Ugh. it's too much. And the thing is, we have to recognize yeah, I guess so. from yeah. these people who have lived for centuries with this tradition, they may look at us and say, "What." You pump this in, you take this out, you put it in a box and dump it in the ground in two, three days? Yeah. Are you nuts? And they think we're gross. We have to respect that, okay, that's where you're coming from. Me personally, I don't like, I mean, my personal choice, I'd rather just be, okay, um, put my body in the box, put a picture up above, Give people a day if they want to come and say a prayer, and then put me in the ground. Yeah. My personal preference is very simple. It's kind of like, okay, that's it, because I'm not there. Mm -hmm. You don't need to try and preserve me to look good for people, or you don't need to do all this other... No, I'm not there. Somebody wants to come and say a prayer, they can. There's a picture of me. <laughs> Perf preferably pick one where I looked halfway decent, you know? <laughs> uh <laughs> gonna have to search for that but uh, put it up there pay your respects put me in the ground go about your life and live it yeah. go about your life and enjoy it I'm not in the ground and just hope that you know when I get over on the other side I don't turn around and say I'm gonna have some fun and haunt them, their ass <laughs> yeah but uh, no. <laughs> I like 
for me, it's it's simple, and I have to I do have to respect whatever they're doing, whatever part of the world, even if yeah. I can't understand it or do it myself. Right. I know there is a history behind it and understanding everything. Yeah. And I, I have I have to respect that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm more of a just cremate me up guy myself. Just, you know, I don't like the idea of rotting in the ground. I think that's too much to scare, you know. More so the bloated thing bothers me when you see the pictures of people that are all, like, wet and bloated up and it's just not a good look. You know, late, months later, when it went, when you get dried out and you're all thin and dry, that's not as bad. But that, those stages of being wet and bloated up are like the creepy part. Those are the stages that bother me. It's creepy, but if you say it bothers you, then it's I know I'm not there anymore. I know I'm not you, there anymore. holding on to the physical. I because mean, you spend so much time with your body, you know your body. Who knows you better than your body? You know what I mean. If my fam- <laughs> if my family were to say, it's um, like a T-shirt. It's like having a favorite T-shirt, and then you got to watch it get acid poured all over it, and it it degrades in front of you. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing. Yeah, I know I'm not wearing this shirt anymore, but I still don't want to see it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, some people consider it... But it's got to go, yeah. Some people may consider it weird, but Mm -hmm. um, my wife and I, Mm -hmm. um, we have a funeral plot, and we do have a stone. Yeah. Bench. A bench. Bench, yeah. Bench. And there there is a reason for that. When my mother passed, um, there were no arrangements that had been made. So myself and my sister went running around like crazy. Mm -hmm. So... And we were in the room when she passed, in the hospital. So in the next couple of days, oh, we've got to arrange this. We've got to arrange this. Okay, let's go get a plot. Oh, what about a stone? Well, I won't have it ready on time. You're stressed to begin with when yeah. you're dealing with it. And you've got family members coming together, and everybody's stressed, and everything is going crazy. And you've got to try and put that together. Well, no, you don't. It's taken care of. Relax. Right. Like I said, you want to do what you're going to do. Pay your respects. Don't worry. We got all this set aside. Plant me, and then go on with your life. Yeah. I'm not going to add extra pressure in there by having you run around crazy. Yeah. Because I know what that's like. Right. And you don't need it. You'll have enough there. Yeah. Going on. So it's that's all that's all arranged ahead of time just to make it easy for the kids. Well, that's a good thing to do. Then to prepare. But if they if they if it turns around and they say okay let's let's cremate them put them in an urn fine cremate me put me in an urn I'm not going to be there mm-hmm. that's not me anymore of course if you decide to cremate me in the day before if you happen to see me standing at the end end of the bed staring at <laughs> you going and you hear this voice say really. Then you might want to change your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came to me last night. Don't cremate him. <laughs> See, it's a... Uh, yeah. If you can laugh at it... Yeah. That is good. You're not putting it down. You're not right. putting death down. Yeah. But you're putting it in perspective and laughing at it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think even, even if you take certain horror movies, I know they're meant to scare. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there is death, and like the Final Destination films. Mm-hmm. Uh, not technically, to me, not a horror movie uh, by my definition. Right. But I enjoyed them for a different reason. I laughed. Yeah. Now people say, oh, you're sick. No. I thought they were incredibly good in the creative ways they yeah. came up with to off these people. Right. Who thought they could escape death. Yeah. And you'd, you'd see somebody, and they caught you by surprise. Something's going on over here, and they say, oh, they escaped that one, and they do a, a reverse, and they, the person would get it, and you go, that was good. You had me fooled. Mm-hmm. Or you laugh at it. Don't take it so serious. It is the body dying. Yeah. It's not the soul. The soul goes on. The spirit goes on. Laugh at it. Yeah. That's all you can do. That's, that, that is, well, See it? drive yourself crazy, or you laugh and live your life. I am rather laugh and live my life. Laugh and live your life. That's it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's a good message to go out on, too. We're at the hour mark. We're going to close up the episode. And uh, laugh. Laugh and live your life while you can. That's it. Go for it. Go for it. But it's been a pleasure. And we'll see you all again. We'll hear you all again in the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. So have a good one, and we'll see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.